0: Welcome to the Living Rock podcast. Um, if you were here uh, three weeks ago, you would have. Um, I'm, I'm coming back to my what I shared on three weeks ago, basically, which is about being influencers, and uh, this is influencers part two. So, um, if anybody remembers that, you can give me a little wave here. Okay. So I I, I was. Um, Thinking about all the various kind of influences that we see around us, and, uh, and particularly this, the, 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 this kind of new age of social media influencers, whether it's on TikTok or YouTube or Insta or whatever else, these people. And, and as I have sort of, there are a lot of jokes out there at the moment about influencers, because ultimately those people, when they are seeking to be influencers, it's a lot of it. A lot of the time, it's for their own wealth, their own fame, uh, their own kind of uh, popularity, if you like, whereas our job and desire to be influenced is not about us, is it? It's directed somewhere else and only comes as a result of the fact that we know Jesus and that we follow him and that we love him and that he's changed our lives. Jesus has changed your life. Could you just give me a little wave? I just want to double check to see how many uh, there are. Okay, so a few few people, some people not so sure, some people certain, other people maybe not yet, that's fine. and I, I, was, I was particularly caught by, it, which I shared last time, the story of Cristiano Ronaldo and his, one of his first weeks at back at Manchester United and uh, the impact that he'd had on the whole rest of the squad about what he was going to eat. And when their Friday treats were served up and they had chocolate brownies and they had crumble laid out and none of the players went and touched any of it until Cristiano Ronaldo went and got some. And he, of course he didn't go and get any. He just ate, he just ate his quinoa and his couscous. <laughs> And is, is it bulgur wheat? Yeah. Have I said that right? Yeah. Avocado? Yeah. I'm just going to say healthy food now for a while. Beetroot? <laughs> Guava? Kiwi? I'll stop now. Anyway, he, he, his plate was all of these delicious foods and, and healthy foods and he, he wouldn't taint himself with that or at least he didn't in that particular situation. And I just love the fact that one man turns up and within a week, everybody's looking at him to see what he does next and he's influencing that group of people and talked a little bit about, um, had a few people sort of um, come to me afterwards and say, yeah, I definitely recognize this. When I used to go to school or you go to work and you work in a team or you work with a group of people or you've got a certain classmates that are there and when they're not there, your day is a lot better than if they were there. And you feel awful to say that or think that. Or some people who, if they're not there, you miss them. Because they add something into the mix and the dynamic. And and, and you miss them when they're not there. And and I believe that as Christians, we should be much more aware again and remind ourselves of how influential we actually are. And uh, if you could put the next screen uh, slide up because these are some of the verses that we considered last time and this is what Jesus says about us and then this is what Paul says about us and Jesus says this he says you are the salt of the earth okay this is this is Aldi's own version so I think Saxo is quite a popular brand of salt is that right um, a lot of salt comes from North Wales that's the best salt in the world I'm told <laughs> Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth And of course, salt changes how things taste, and one of the other uh, well-known verses in in the Bible is that our conversation should be seasoned with salt, that it can be, um, if you like, tasted and heard, because it's talking about bringing flavor, and it's talking about affecting the way that we talk, which means that we're heard in a different way. We bring salt into the world around us. And then he goes on to say, and no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. You're the light of the world, and a lamp is placed on a stand where everyone can see it. I, did, I decided not to use an energy saving bulb because I'm only planning to share for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and by the, the, the bulb won't have brightened up enough by then. Um, but he says, You're a light, and, and nobody puts a light under a basket and knocks over their salt. Nobody does that, it's a waste. Says, let your light shine out, let your good works be known by everybody around you. And then Paul talks in Corinthians about the, us being the fragrance of Christ. I've still not had my complimentary bottle of Sauvage by Dior after promoting it the last time I preached. Um, so I'm waiting for Johnny Depp to personally come around and drop it off at a house. But, but, but Paul talks about how we are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God and the fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and those who are perishing to those who are perishing it's the smell of death and doom but to those who are being saved we are a life-giving perfume but at least people can distinguish that we're different and as believers we are different we're influential and then this verse in Ephesians 4:15 and 16 Christ is the head of the body the church, it makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We've had evidence of that this morning. Yeah. Paul, as part of the body, shared what God has done in his life. Steve caught something of that. And as a result, Paul's influence on Steve was to bring even greater faith and peace into the situation for Steve and Christine. And Paul prayed for them. And, and now Steve is standing up this morning and saying, I've known God's goodness in my life. That's the body working together. And, and, and we can see how tangible these things are. You can see light, you can taste and hear salt, you can smell the fragrance, and the body is tactile, it touches. Every sense of the main, main five senses are, are there. We are to be tangible as influencers to the world around us. And and I just want to say this you are an influencer. You are an influencer. That we're light. With salt, fragrance, and that we're the body of Christ. Why are we influencers? You know, last time I, I, I shared, I actually had a list of, of, of men and women who have influenced culture and the whole world in all sorts of different areas as, as men and women of faith. Christian men and women who um, have been artists and painters and sculptors like Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, Caravaggio. Scientists like Galileo, Francis Bacon, Johann Kepler, Blaise Pascal, Robert Boyle, Isaac Newton, Maria Agnesi, Mary Anning, Michael Faraday, Gregor Mendel, Louis Pasteur, Joseph Lister. That was just a short snippet. Then there's composers like Tchaikovsky and Bach and Handel and authors like Emily Dickinson, J.R. Tolkien, Charles Dickens, C.S. Lewis. Social reformers like Florence Nightingale, William Wilberforce, John Cadbury, Elizabeth Fry. Martin Luther King Jr., and then all the men and women today who in society are influencing the world around them as Christians. Yeah. And, and, and when I went through that list, I, I, I chose specific individuals and shared a, their quote about their faith in Jesus Christ and, how, and their faith in God and why that had transformed them and why they became then transformers, not robots in disguise, but people who actually go out and transform and impact the world around them. And why is that? Why are we influencers? Is it because we are many a number? Well, Scott already read that verse this morning from Deuteronomy. It's not because there's loads of you. Is it because we are particularly good? I look around, actually, some of us are. You are particularly good, actually. That's probably a bad example, but is it because we're particularly nice or we look a certain way or we're, we're all a certain age or demographic? No, there's a massive variety of people, massive range of backgrounds, all sorts of different um, experiences and and gifts and abilities and views and thoughts and personalities and all of that stuff and yet we've been brought together in Christ as Mike said this morning. Why? Because God has chosen us. He's just chosen to put his affection on you. He's chosen to put his affection on me. And this is what he's saying to Israel in Deuteronomy. I didn't choose you because you were numerous. I didn't choose you because you were particularly holy or special. I didn't choose you because you were particularly good-looking or well-dressed. That's my version. He says, I chose you because I, I love you and I've chosen to love you. And this morning you're here because God loves you. Jesus loves you. He's, 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 he's selected you and he's chosen you, not just to save us and whisk us away, but so that we then become like him in the world. Isn't that amazing? And how do we become like him? How can we become like him? Because we have the most influential person in the world living in us, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Can you put the next slide up for me, please? We have the most influential person living in us, the one who gives us the right words at the right time when we need it, that he'll speak through us. And then these incredible verses in Romans 8 that we looked at together last time where it says you're not controlled by your sinful nature, you're controlled by the Spirit. Jesus says it's the Spirit of my Father or your Father who's speaking through you. Then Paul says that you're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So then even your body, though it will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Wow. Spirit of Christ who raised Jesus from the dead, <laughs> seated him in glory at the right hand of the Father, so that now he rules over everything, and all of his enemies are being made to for his feet. He's in me. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Spirit of Christ. Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit who was hovering over the waters when God said, let there be light. And there was. The Holy Spirit who, who filled Gideon or filled Hannah or filled Samson and other great men and women are heroes of faith in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit who came and, and descended like a dove when Jesus came out of the waters of baptism and anointed him with power. So that he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him, because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who Jesus says, don't go anywhere. Wait in Jerusalem until I send him, the comforter, the counsellor, the one who'll come alongside you, the one who'll empower you to be my witnesses in the earth. Wait for him to come. And they wait. And as they wait, Finally, there's the sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire appear on their head and they all start speaking in different languages. They pour out onto the streets of Jerusalem. And what do the people of Jerusalem, they think, oh, you're all wasted, you're all drunk. And Peter says, we're not drunk, it's nine in the morning. But what you see and hear is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, you're seeing the evidence of the influence of the person who is the most influential person in the universe, in the cosmos. Oh, and he lives in us. Oh, and he's not going anywhere. He doesn't go away on Wednesdays. He doesn't have a cheeky weekend away or a fortnight off. He's always with us. Always in us. He dwells in you. He dwells in me. He dwells in us. Who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I find that amazing. Amazing. Paul found it amazing. He had to take, keep using the name of the Spirit and he had, he had to keep reinforcing this whole thing of, and he lives in you. Yeah. He lives within you. Yeah. Christ is in you. For two verses or three verses, he, used, he says it five times over. This Spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. If you could just turn in your Bibles for a second to 1 Corinthians 6, I just want us to look at this particular verse because um, when, when Paul in Ephesians talks about the church, he describes the church as a temple. In ephesians 220 and he says that we are being fitted together, being built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ is the cornerstone that sets the direction, and this is the place where God will fill his spirit that we are as the church corporately the temple of the Holy Spirit. do we believe that? do we believe that when we gather something happens in the dynamic of the church meeting together that creates an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to be present in a way that's unique yeah, I I that. that's why gathering is so important that's, that's why lockdown sucked on lots of different levels but that's a big one because yeah. we weren't able to meet as the church yeah. and experience the presence of God in a way that happens only when the church gathers yeah. and by the way that can happen in life group, did anybody do life group Sunday last week and enjoy just, yeah we were out in that area there just kind of for, for people but it was just great to be together and we, we just need the presence of God with us it doesn't matter whether it's six of us or three of us or 300 of us. It doesn't make any difference in that respect, but the Holy Spirit is here. So he's here corporately. But then in, in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, and then again, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Paul is saying this again. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And he says this again. Paul really wants us to know this. Who lives in you and was given to you by God, you do not belong to yourself. That's right. Is that not what we just finished in our time with worship of saying, Lord, it's all yours. Yeah. I don't belong to me anymore. That's right. I'm possessed. Yeah. I'm a possessed man. Yeah. And I'm so glad yeah. because I'm possessed by the best, yes. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Possessed by him. I own by him. I've given my life to him. Yeah. He now leads me. He's now my Lord and my Savior. And his spirit has come to live in me. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, and you follow him, the same is true for you as well. That's
1: right.
0: Follow the Holy Spirit. So I've got a question that I'd like us to ask about, about being influencers this morning. And before I do that, actually, Greg, would you mind, Greg just mentioned something to me at the beginning, and um, I think it would be good for you to just share that for a second now, Greg, thanks. Don't hide it under a bushel.
1: Um, when Rich was bringing this, or part one of this word, three weeks ago, um, the, the, the light caught my attention like it does, and um, I just felt myself being drawn to it. It's a bit like when you're a kid and you look at something, you close your eyes, and then there's an imprint of the bulb on your eye, and, and the more you do it, the, the more, uh, or the longer the imprint stays. You know, kids don't try this at home. Um, but, and God just spoke to me and said, you know, we are called to go out there and bring the light to the world. And every time that we do that, every time that we meet somebody, we bring the light of God to them. And we we leave an imprint on them. Mm. We leave uh, an imprint of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We leave an imprint on their lives. And the more and the more that we we meet with them and we engage with them, and we bless them, we pray with them, we're just Jesus to them, the more we leave an imprint on their lives. And that becomes a longer-lasting imprint Mm. until the Holy Spirit enables it to become a permanent imprint. And those of us, all of us who have been saved and coming to the kingdom, have all had a permanent imprint of Jesus put on us because people have spent time over and over and over again imprinting the Holy Spirit on our lives. So as we go out into the towns and the villages, and some of them are very dark, not just naturally, but spiritually as well, then we're called to leave that imprint of the Holy Spirit again and again and again. And that's one of the ways that we're going to win people to Christ and bring people into the kingdom.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Greg. You know, Jesus makes it very simple. He says, they'll know it by your works, your good works. That's what, backed in that Matthew reference. And and I just would like to put the next slide up because I just want to... Do you feel interrogated, love? Yeah. (laughs) Where has God placed you? So the Holy Spirit is in us, and and I just want us to—I want you just to think for a moment about where God has placed you, who God has put you among to influence. Who are the people that will be left with that imprint when you you're no longer with them, but they can still kind of feel like you were there? They're aware that you were with them. Who? Where do you go? Where are your places that God has placed you? I just want you to think about that for a moment, and think more widely. Maybe then you might normally. Maybe just write some things down or give some thoughts. So just for a minute, if you would just consider where God has placed you, the places where you know you could be an influence. How many people thought about school or college? Give me a wave if that's somewhere you feel God's placed you, nice and high. School or college, yeah. What about workplaces in general? It's good. What about in your home? Does anybody think about your home your family? Great. What about, does anybody regularly visit a particular cafe or coffee shop or you know, a little bakery or Tesco Express? <laughs> other small retailers are available. But you regularly go to certain shops. Get more milk. Yeah, that's a place for us to be. Anybody go to the gym? I know at least two people go to the gym, yeah, because that's, that's how they know each other. CrossFit. What about um, clinic? Does you have to go to have, have, a, have a, a clinic appointment or a hospital appointment? Do you know, some of the, some of the most effective um, conversations some people have had have been in waiting rooms when they've gone to see a doctor. Yeah, true. But I just want to say this. God uses every situation that we find ourselves in yeah. to be an influence. 100%. One of the things that really blessed me on Thursday was Beryl who said, I I haven't been able to get out so much, but guess what? Every delivery driver that comes to my house, I'm set on them. She had tracts for them, she'd offered to pray for them, and and Pauline said, yeah, I believe every person that comes to my door has been brought to me for a reason. I thought, wow! That's totally changed my mind. I'm ordering loads of stuff from Amazon now. (laughs) But I love that thought. That we're an influence of where we go and we're an influence when people come to us. How many thought about neighbours or stuff that you do in the community? Hairdresser. Manicurist. You don't get cuticles like this by chance. When I get my gels done, I'm always preaching the gospel. I've never had a manicure. You, Sarah did book me for a pedicure once and that was just a massive hint. Because so, my, my, my toes were like, They needed help, didn't they, love? (laughs) I did a lot of running at the time and my running shoes were bad. Okay, that's why. But just think about all the different places where we can be an influence and that we're always switched on, that we never are ever undercover. That we always blow our cover. Every chance we get, blow our cover. Surprise! (laughs) Holy Spirit's in me. He hasn't gone anywhere. So when I talk to this person, I might not feel brilliant. Might not have had a great night's sleep. Might be a bit tired. But guess what? The Holy Spirit's not tired.
1: Amen. That's
0: right. Holy Spirit, do you know the Holy Spirit's never stressed? That's true. You know the Holy Spirit's always right? Yes. The Holy Spirit always loves people. Yeah, he does. Holy Spirit's always wise. Yeah. And he's in me all the time. Whether I know it or not, whether I think it or not, whether I believe it or not, He just is. And He's in you. And He's in me. Where has God put us? All sorts of places. Think about what Rachel is doing in in the city of Leicester or what Janet is doing with pebbles or the stuff that's going on with Safe Families or the the international group and and all the various other ways that that we're doing things, uh, initiatives in the community. People who are involved in serving in the food bank or whatever it might be. But wherever we go, whatever we do, God has put us there to have a fresh revelation of that. God, I'm not here by chance. I might be here because I need bread, but I'm going to take this opportunity, if it comes, to be an influencer. I'm going to talk to the lady behind the, the counter. The, one, one of the best conversations I've had recently is the lady in the co-op who serves me there. She knows I'm part of the church, and she's been asking me to pray for her husband. And, she's, and, she, and I keep asking how he's doing. And, and it's just, it just comes out of conversations, but, but we can be an influencer there. And in fact, she made it really easy for me. Yeah. One of my favorite places to actually be really open about my faith and, and meet people regularly is, is at the gym. That's just a great place to be in. oh, if you go out regularly walking the dog and you, you, you go past certain people or at the school gate, there are certain people, certain times where we think, God, you've put me here for a reason. And then the next thing to think about is what has God given you? That's the next one. You can put the next slide up, please, Ruben. Okay, this is where I just want you to think for a moment about what you're good at. What are the things that you're good at? What are your gifts? We're, all, we're part of a body. We all have a part to play. We've all been gifted in certain ways. If you're not sure where to start, have a look at Romans 12. There's a very helpful list there. Or you can have a look at 1 Corinthians 12. There's another very helpful list there. Or you can just think about it. There's also a very helpful list there. But just, just for a minute, think about what you're good at. Just, just have a think about it. Or maybe maybe if you're a bit shy and you don't, you think that's a little bit prideful, ask the person next to you, if they know you, to tell you what you're good at. This is particularly helpful for married couples, by the way, actually, this would be very nice. Unless, of course, nobody knows what to say and then it's quite awkward. So just have a think for a moment. What are you good at? Have a chat and just for a minute? Just, just think about it for a second. Does anybody have something where you've you quickly thought, yeah, I'm good at that. Just give me a little wave. We're not going to think that you're proud. This was particularly, this was an exercise you were asked to do under duress, so it's fine. Emma. What was your... Good at art. Fantastic. Can the Holy Spirit use Emma's ability with art? Absolutely. 100%. Okay, anybody else? Janet. I'm good at talking. You are. Yes. Yes, you are. You're exceptional. Yes, you are. are, Janet is good at talking. Yes, she is. The fact that she just stopped after saying that, and that was all that she said, is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, Janet is fantastic at talking. Janet will talk to anyone. She's outgoing. She's gregarious. She's winsome it's fun to be around yeah. that's a gift yes, it that is. makes you an influencer where you are, Janet right. absolutely anyone else? one more and then I'll stop promise go on Pete, yeah. Pete. Uh, Sean's just pointed out I'm generous sometimes oh. to the detriment of uh, our uh, our, our budget <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, generous, yeah. fantastic generosity yeah. and that comes in lots of different ways and expressed in lots of different ways but you know a generous person makes a real impact where they are don't they? People who are generous, like, people want to be around them. Yeah, yeah. And people feel good that they've been so thoughtful and kind to them. It's part of the influence. And I was thinking about all the different things that go on in this church. How you encourage people where you are. How you offer to pray for people when you become aware of needs or issues. Has anybody offered to pray for somebody this year? Just give me a little wave. If you, in conversations you've had with people, you've offered to pray for them. Isn't that amazing? We've been praying into people who don't yet know Jesus, we've influenced them with the gospel, we've offered help to them, we might talk to them about why we believe what we believe, what has God given you to excel and use, does anybody feel particularly hospitable, the hospitality, even if you can't say it, you're good at it, yeah, or what about listening to people, does anybody feel like you're you're particularly good at listening? That's one of the things that you said on Thursday, you really like and you appreciate listening to people. That is a gift. Two ears, one mouth. I've told that ratio is important for us to kind of work out what happens in a conversation. That we love to listen, we love to do things. Who likes who's practical? Who likes just likes to do stuff for people? Yeah. We may not have mega bucks, but we can do things and be helpful. Making friends. Kind of in business, it's called networking. I don't like that phrase very much. But you're just good at getting people together and, and linking people up and, because that's what you love to do. All of these things are gifts. And, and I just wanted to just to look at one thing very briefly in closing. And, and it's something that I think is really helpful. Let me put the next slide up. These are items from the, the tabernacle. So if you go back to Exodus in your Bibles, Exodus 25 to 40, I think, pretty much talks about the tabernacle. which was a tent that God asked Moses to build and in this tent and around this tent were specific items. And here's the thing about these items they were, nat- they were made of natural substances, mainly bronze, acacia wood, and gold. So, you know, nice natural things, but, but natural things. And then, as a result of them making these things, in line with how God had given the commands for them to be made, whether it's um, what we've got, we've got the bronze altar there on the left, we've got the incense altar here, which was golden. Golden, a golden incense altar. We've got the Ark of the Covenant. We've got the Bread of Presence over there. We've got a menorah, which was the candlesticks, and we've got a bronze altar. And all of these items were made of bronze, as I said, or the table was acacia wood overlaid with gold. And these were beautiful items, I mean, but they, but they were just natural things. Man made, kind of God given, trees and natural resources like bronze and gold, but man-shaped, man-made. And I think that's we can see ourselves in that way sometimes. You know, we, 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 God, God has made us, but we're shaped, aren't we, by our natural abilities, and we've been shaped by those who've shaped us in our lives, who've influenced us over the years, some positively, some negatively. But as a result of that, you are a very peculiar person. And I mean that in a good way. Seth, there is nobody else like you based on how God has made you and everything that's taken place in your life up till today makes you absolutely unique and full of the Holy Spirit. Which means that what God has called you to do is exceptional. Just for us to have that awareness, so often, so many of us, we write ourselves off. Generally, because we compare ourselves to somebody that we think is better than us. And here's the thing, God wants us to take all of the normal stuff, God wants to take my money, (laughs) I could just stop there. But yeah, I know that's what this church preaches. No. God wants to take my money and he wants me to set it apart for him so that something that is common and neutral, money isn't sinful. The love of money leads to sin, yes. But money in itself is a neutral substance. But God wants me to take what I have, my my money, and he wants me to give it to him, dedicate it to him, consecrate it to him and say, Lord, it's yours. And all of a sudden, guess what happens to my money? It becomes holy. Yeah. It becomes something that has a purpose in the kingdom. Yeah. You know, this, this table was just a table, a very nice table, but then it was consecrated, it was set apart. And what happened to it? It became holy. Yeah. Or if I think about the relationships that I have, my marriage, the relationship I have with, my, with our three children. Relationships that I have with my people that I work with, the people that I socialize with, I can choose to take those things that are common and normal and say, Lord, I'm consecrating these things to you. I'm giving them over to you. Lord, make them holy. Do something exceptional with them. And all of a sudden, something changes in the dynamic of my relationship with Sarah and with my children and with those that we meet and our family members and our friends because I've chosen to separate it to Him. That it becomes a kingdom resource. That in my work, the job that I did, and when I, when I worked as a physiotherapist, there were times when the Holy Spirit would pull me up and say, you've, you've not sought me, you've not sought to bring God into, into your work, you've turned up and you've gone home, and, and, and one morning just driving to work, feeling convicted of that, and saying, Lord, take my job, be with me in my job in a way that I've not relied on you, and the next conversation I had led the woman that I worked with to Christ. And it was just so simple how it worked, but it was this consecrating and all of a sudden it was made holy. Time, time is a neutral thing, but we can set it apart. And, And just to think about everything that we have and to say, Lord, I'm giving it back to you. I'm consecrating it. It's normal, it's neutral, it's common, it's clean, it's fine, but Lord, I'm giving it to you. Lord, this is a spiritual act of worship in view of your mercy. This is a spiritual act of worship that I'm handing everything to you. I'm struggling in my work. Lord, I'm handing it back to you again. Struggling, Lord, at the moment, things are tight financially. Lord, I'm handing it all back to you. Lord, this relationship is strained at the moment. I'm handing it back to you. Or things are going great. That's probably even more important. Lord, I'm giving it back to you. And here's what happens when all of these items were dedicated to the Lord. Guess what happened? The presence of God fell in a tangible way that it hadn't before. And that in our lives, God wants to make his presence known, not just to us, but through us. And that's my prayer this morning, that we go away from here today knowing, Lord, you've made me salt and light, a fragrance, you've given me a body, you want me to be tangible and make a difference, and Lord, I'm going to take each part of my life, just as we started going through and thinking about the various elements and aspects of our lives, and maybe this week, just to take different things and say, Lord, I'm just rededicating this to you again, very specifically. Janet, for you might be, in all the work that I do in Pebbles, it's, I'm busy and, I'm, and it takes a lot of organizing. I've got great help and great friends who support me in that. But Lord, I'm just rededicating it to you again. And I just believe there's a fresh grace that comes.
1: Yeah.
0: Fresh sense of God's presence in it. Yeah. Just releases us from carrying it on in our own strength. Why? Because the Holy Spirit then comes and moves in a way that I think sometimes we limit him in. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes a and I'm going to close with a prayer. Lord I want to thank you for each person here today and Holy Spirit I thank you that you're here with us as we've acknowledged many times already this morning Holy Spirit you're you're in us and you're with us Lord I pray for the children currently Lord that are out in the children's work and Lord those who are looking after them and, and caring for them we give you thanks for them Lord pray for each person here in the room the sound of my voice and anybody that's watching online at the moment as well Lord, we just still our hearts before you and we say, Holy Spirit, we just do, we we entrust every area, every aspect of our lives to you again. Lord, I pray that we would just know your presence with us, that we'd know, Lord, that wherever we go, we carry the spirit of Christ, your fragrance, your light, your salt, that we can touch and impact the world around us for you, Lord, not for our glory, not for our fame but, Lord Jesus, for your glory and your fame. That, Lord, we would be men and women and children who understand the kingdom resource, Lord, that we are to the world around us. Thank you for every peculiar capability that's here today, Lord. Thank you for every gift. Thank you, Lord, for every life that's been shaped in different ways, that's been dedicated to you. Lord, I thank you that you can use each one of us, that you have works for us pre-prepared Lord in advance good works and we just thank you for that Lord Lord, I pray that as we go from this place and as we talk together before we go that we'll just be encouraged and we'll encourage one another Lord to be influencers to those around us for your glory Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great
1: teaching.